the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Bud Elliott. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at YouTube.com slash Cover 3 and all across the 24-7 Sports Facebook network. Thanks for hanging out. It's the best time of the week, 11 a.m. Eastern time on a Thursday when we give you our weekly locks. Week three on deck, huge show, uh, sketch week, as we determined already uh, on Wednesday. Like, can't can't trust any of these teams, can't trust any of these games with anything, but we're going to try to give you uh, our best read on the slate. Um, let's begin, as we always do, with a look back at the week that was. Tom, it was a, a tough week for you, man. Uh <laughs> Yeah. More ways than one. More ways than one. Uh, <laughs> Northwestern team total under 34 and a half. Kansas plus 13 and a half is a winner, and they got it done on the field. The, the losses, Alabama, I always hate to see Unity uh, take an L. UCF minus five. The BYU Baylor over 53 and a half went to extra time, and we couldn't even get that win. Colorado plus 18. That is a lock fight loss against Danny. And then uh, also Unity taking another one on the chin with UNC Georgia State over. We fell just short there. Two and five on the week, eight and 11 on the season so far. I'm, I'm feeling the vibes are, are going to start turning around for you real soon here. Tom, how are how we, how we doing? God, I hope they do. Uh, as for like, yeah, as for last week, honestly, the only pick I hate in retrospect was taking Colorado because that wasn't really like any kind of math basis to that. That was just a no, no way in hell. Kid have a power five team as a three score underdog to Air Force. Well, yeah, yeah, you can. And uh, I don't think I'll be taking Colorado anytime soon again. The BYU Baylor over losing on that hurt, but I think Nakua and Romney injuries had a big part of that. But other than that, I mean, I thought my card was fine. It's just some of the results didn't go our way. Uh, Chip took a five and three week. The wins included BYU minus three. That was a lock agreement with Danny ACC boys ride again. Iowa State plus three and a half. They get it done on the field. Northwestern Duke under 58 and a half. Got real sweaty, but a nice fumble recovery. Was able to bring that home by the Duke defense. UNLV plus 13. Real low scoring grinder against Cal. Memphis minus five and a half. Also a winner. 
I was on the losing side of both of the lock unities that we already mentioned, the UNC Georgia State over and the Alabama minus 19 and a half. Also, Tennessee minus half a point in the first quarter does not cash. So it falls to like 321 more than they had before. So Tennessee, not quite as dominant in the first quarter. Five and three on the week, 12 and seven on the season. Danny, absolute heater. Six and one on the week. The wins were that under in UCF Louisville, never a doubt. The under in Alabama, Texas, never a doubt. The under in Pitt, uh, Tennessee, but really not not really much of a doubt there as things slow down there. Never a doubt in Iowa, Iowa State under 40 and a half. As we mentioned, you get the lock fight win with Air Force that we get that BYU lock agreement. The only loss being North Carolina and Georgia State, and even that came close 15 and 8 on the season. Again, 6 and 1. You won the week. You take over first place for the season up 6.2 units. Woo! How we feeling? Feeling really good. Really good. I there was a theme to my mindset and I'm going to make a note of it last year cuz I don't like week 1. Week 0 and week 1, like what are you going to get? But there's always a massive letdown in week 2, like performances. You see teams kind of with this massive hangover effect. And, and also in my picks with Brady Quinn on the Tuesday, like I took a lot of dogs. Like there's just an overreaction to, oh my gosh, this is the greatest team we've seen, or this is the worst team we've seen. So I really used that as a philosophy last week, but I'm, I might be under boy just from now, but like, you know, or boy under, as opposed to boy wonder, should be boy under. (laughs) I don't like it. As I'm thinking out loud on the fly, that might have to be what I go with because (laughs) if I would have taken the under in the last one, I would have been perfect. So I might just have to keep riding those. Boy under, Danny Cannell got it rolling. Uh, Bud, tough week, two and six. The wins were the Iowa first half team total under 21 and a half. Oh, the Iowa full game. Iowa under 21 and a half. I mean, Come on. Uh, Wake minus 12 against Vandy. That's also a win. You were in on the Alabama. The other losses were the Kentucky team total under the pit plus four in the first half. USC Stanford under USC really um, kind of let Stanford crawl back in that one uh, near the end. The Colorado Air Force under 49 and a half and the Toledo UMass Sicko under 49 and a half was a loss. Two and six on the week, but 17 and 10 for the season. Uh, what were the main notes and the takeaways? Yeah, so I, I would say bad picks. Alabama uh, was definitely bad. Uh, UMass Toledo was, was the wrong side. By the way, what is Don Brown doing kicking a field goal down 40 points? Like, are, are they, are they, I'm not going to accuse them of betting the live over at halftime or something <laughs> like that, but as someone who did have some live unders in that game and lost because of a field goal down 40 in the closing seconds, uh, Makes you wonder. Uh, USC Stanford was the wrong side for sure because if Stanford doesn't turn the ball over three times in, inside like like the low red zone, that game is played in, in like the high 70s. So I was definitely wrong-sided there. Uh, I think Pitt first half was the correct side. Narduzzi completely botched the end-of-half game management, and if they're not punting in opponent territory with time left and then trying to go for it with nine seconds in their own territory and then sack, fumble, quarterback knocked out, you know, that makes me a little uh, – Annoyed. And then, look, Kentucky had 270 yards, and Kentucky fans will tell me, oh, they had negative 40 yards in a punt. Cool. Give them 310 yards then. Under 23 and a half is still a great look if you only have 310 yards in the swamp. 
that game was lost because of turnovers. So uh, a couple really bad picks and a couple that honestly, if I had to do over again, I'd bet more on, even though they lost. I, I will just say that in my book, that pit was not a loss. That was a win that just went wrong. <laughs> yeah. That, wait, wait. In your, like the number that you had? No, I didn't have it. I was just saying, watching that Pitt-Tennessee game, knowing Bud had Pitt plus four in the first half and seeing how the first half ended, I was pissed off, and I didn't have anything on it. <laughs> we look out for each other. That's what we do. It's why we've still got uh, all, all of that wonderful uh, ROI as a team for the entire season. All right, week two in the books, week three on deck. Gentlemen, are you all ready to lock it up? Let's do it. Let's do, do it. it. Since 2005, the under games between service attacks is 40 you mean over in this one as well. A little two for one special. I was sick of last week, y'all were watching videos. I was live betting the hell out of ULN. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. Danny Cannell did win week two, and he has the honors on the tee box, and there is a Friday night game <laughs> involving a team that's close to his heart. So I just I, I want to get things started by asking, do you have a lock for Friday night in Louisville in Cardinal Stadium? I don't. I obviously will be rooting for Mike Norvell and my Seminoles. This game scares me. It really does. Like, and you talk about sketch games, like what are we going to get from Louisville? The team that laid an egg versus Syracuse. Maybe Syracuse is really good, but they still only put up seven points. Or are they going to be a team that found themselves in the second half versus UCF? And with Florida State a week, you know, two weeks off to only be told, ah, you guys look great. Like, whew, way to go. Pat me on the back for two weeks. I think there could be a little rust, and I think you're going to get Louisville's best effort. This game scares me. I think it's an avoid. Plus, everybody and their brother is on the Knolls. Just thinking, hey, it's only two and a half. Like, just lay that. Let's just go. Let's take them. Uh, this game scares me for Mike Norvell. I do not have a plan. I would lean under in this game. Of course, boy, under would have to. But I don't have a plan in the game. Anybody I else? Do. I do. What's your Tom's? Um... Well, I just want to start this off by saying that just so our listeners know, this is the least prep I have ever done for a locks pod. So take that for what it's worth. It's been a very long week here. Uh, on Saturday night, you remember like I was having back spasms during the show. That's not why I missed Monday and Wednesday show. My back healed up really quickly on Sunday because if you were watching the Bears game against the 49ers and you saw all the rain at Soldier Field and you saw Justin Fields and the guys having fun after the game by sliding in the rain, wasn't as fun as my house where we had six inches of water in the basement from all of that rain. So I've been dealing with that all week. It's taken up a lot of my time for the prep for this show. But I do believe in all these picks. I just didn't do as much prep as I normally would. And I'm going with the under in this one. So I guess I'm boy under here just because I I think that, honestly, I would have this closer to 54. So I'm getting three and a half points. It's not the most edge I'd ever look for when making a play like this, but I do think that there's enough there. I, I don't think either one of these offenses is fantastic or has looked fantastic from what I've seen. I think defensively, they're not great, 
but I I thought Louisville's defense played better against UCF, so maybe it just didn't really know what the heck it was in for against Syracuse in that first game with a new offensive coordinator and was caught completely off guard. I think Florida State's defense is still pretty solid, so I think this is going to be below the total, so give me the under 57.5. And, and also, I don't have access to all the numbers I normally do, so bud, if, if yeah, you see Tom, a better number out there, let me know. Let's get you the best number here. We're going to pull up our unabated odds screen and got to get off the sicko mode. While you're looking First those half up, money line stuff. While you're looking those up, you know what? You know what I like to do? I like to be a good friend. I like to hop on. I need a good sidekick. Boy, under <laughs> needs a good sidekick. Go ahead. Give me the under two. I was leaning that way anyway. Yeah. Let's go. I think, I think Florida State. I I'm tempted to take the first half under because I'm a little bit worried about what could happen in the second half. But I think Florida State take a little bit to get back up to speed offensively. I think the defensive front showed what they're capable of against LSU. I think they'll have some success as well. So I think this will be a little bit of a lower scoring uh, affair. I have 57 and a half. Is that what we had the best? Yeah. yeah. I think Florida right. State wins. I mean, I just Let's like – I'm not I'm not locking this up, but if we're just going to go like leans here, but the keeping Malik Cunningham in check is really is going to be a lot better when you've got Jared Verse and Tatum Bethune. Like I, I think that that offensive line, while it's got Caleb Chandler, is maybe going to have its hands full. And the Louisville coaches have been saying some of the same stuff we've been saying on the Cover Three podcast that Florida State's defensive front might be one of the best in the ACC. So, I. The the rust early factor, I, I understand why it scares you, but ultimately, I, I think FSU probably wins that game. But do you have a read on that? I, I went twenty seven twenty three on Nolcast, like that's, but it, it's it's not like a super high degree of confidence. Um, I don't love this FSU team when the oppo- when the opposing team has a really good like zero technique nose. This is pretty nitty gritty, but like I, I watch FSU a lot, so. Like Maurice Smith, I think, is a guy that's going to be a really good center, but he's undersized. He's had injury problems throughout his career so far. Louisville does not have that. The kid, remember when we talked about getting Jermaine Lowell and beating Florida uh, out for him, the, the big time, potentially big time kid from Arizona State? He uh, dislocated his elbow in game one. He, he's out for the entire season. So uh, Louisville's nose guard position has been bad. And I think FSU actually will be able to have some success running the football uh, in this one. But the only thing that scares me off the off the under, I'm not joining you guys, is Louisville so far has had to blitz their behinds off, and that could lead to explosive play type fest and also turnovers in your own end type thing. Like they they sent the house second half against Syracuse and and second half against UCF. So I'm a little bit sad to report that, and Tom, feel feel free to correct me here. But as it happens, when the sun goes down, because we know that the sun powers the wind, okay. our other Friday night game is going to be in Laramie. And it's Air Force Service Academy in Laramie against Wyoming. We'll have our friend Sher- uh, Sherry Burris on the call with Rich Walton, Aaron Taylor on CBS Sports Network, the mothership. But while the winds will reach 13 miles an hour on Friday, it's going to be at 1 p.m. I don't think we've got sufficient winds for this to be windy in Laramie. Is that correct, Tom? That is correct. Okay. It's tough. Tough scene out there. All right, Danny. Let's take it to uh, Saturday. Get- oh, no, 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 no. Let's play that music early. I've got a lock here in Laramie. It's going to be windy in Laramie. Not that music. This is this qualifies as sicko mode. Okay. No, wait, wait. No, 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 wait. Air Force Wyoming is not sicko mode. Air Force is a legitimate top 30 team. In well, hold on. We got to hear the play before we decide it might be sicko mode. <laughs> the play. 
is Wyoming team total first half under seven and a half. All <laughs> there day. you go. I don't think Wyoming's scoring in the first half. <laughs> I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. Okay. Wyoming right. team total first half under. Yeah. Uh, look. So Wyoming's right tackle crumb uh, might be out again for this game. Their offensive line is already poor. Uh, their offense, as Tom saw them up close personal <laughs> against Illinois, is really pretty bad. Uh, Peasley is a mobile quarterback, but I think Air, Air Force is well uh, equipped to defend that. And I don't really want the whole game under for them because it's like stuff happens at the end. I think Air Force will, will, will be ready to come out. And uh, and I, I wouldn't shock me if Air Force shuts out Wyoming in the first half of this game. Just hoping for no you know, option fumbles in, in their own end. Uh, all right, Danny, uh, back to back to our week two winner, our season leader right now. Take us to Saturday. Let's let, let's hit a big game and, uh, and, and where you can walk on. Let's do it. This is a game that we've had a lot of attention on because it involves a squad who just fired its coach hmm. and brings in the interim, Mickey Joseph, to try – to capture some of that emotional like rebound. Like, hey, you guys have been awful, but it's all his fault. Let's get rid of him. You guys are still good. And on the other side, you've got Oklahoma, and you've got Brent Venables, and you got this offense. You got some firepower. It's a big game. I have two plays on this. Not nice. one, but two. Oh, I, should, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't play. No, no, no. One. Two for one special. That's two, two for one special. Let's go. Uh, last year, we saw Gary Patterson with a statue in front of the stadium fired, just cast aside in a year where TCU was awful. Remember what happened the next week? It was Baylor. that They came, they surprised, upset. They had lost three in a row. Oh, how are they going to beat Baylor? Beat Baylor at home. Team storms the field. This game's in Lincoln. I think you're going to see a ton of fans. But more importantly, with the breakdown itself, Oklahoma hasn't been tested yet. Nebraska has been tested every, every single game. Now, you could say, hey, well, it's, they've started losing in these one-possession games. Well, guess what they all have in common? They are one-possession games. They're going to be close. I'm going to go ahead and take the Corn Huskers. I'm taking them with the 10.5 I think I could still get. Oh, man. Yeah, is that you, where it is? You can I get 10.5 and, and you can get 10. All right, I want 10.5. You can, get, and you can half. get both, actually. I want, well, I only want 10.5 because I'm taking the underdog. I'm taking the Corn Huskers in this one. And I'm also on the over – Boy, under going a little against the grain. That's why I wanted to save that one till later, but it is a two-for-one special. So I'm not worried at all about Oklahoma's offense. I think, you know, Nebraska's defense, Brennan Siv, I mean, if Northwestern's able to put up some points against them, I'm still not sure about, and I know there's a mindset of Brent Venables, and I think the defense is better than it's been in years past. But Nebraska, think about if Scott Frost had anything to say in that offense, it probably would have been dialed back a little bit. Now you've got Mark Whipple, taking over full control. Here you go. Here's your offense. Now he realizes, oh, I'm probably coaching for another job. You know, next year, this whole coaching staff probably going to be cleaned out. He's going to want to put up numbers. I think they've got the capability to do that against this Oklahoma uh, defense. And quietly, Anthony Grant, their running back, has gone for 101, 189, and 138 and five touchdowns. I He's had it really quietly like a good year. We've all been so focused on quarterback play in Nebraska's debacle. I think we're kind of forgetting what they are. So I think it's going to be more Denny, of a big You know where he signed at, right? Where did he sign? 
Willie signed him in, in Tallahassee. He did. And he, did he, they really wowed him that one spring practice. Then he, he had some uh, some problems and then had to go Juco. And uh, and like talent-wise, he's, he's a dude. Yeah, I had forgot about that. So I'm on Nebraska as the dog getting 10 and a half, and I'm on the over 66 and a half, I think is the number. The best. Anybody else getting in on this game? Yeah, let's fight. <laughs> fight, 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 fight. All right, so USC is, or excuse me, Oklahoma. Gosh, there's so many Oklahoma players on USC. I, it just it, it confuses me sometimes. Um, Oklahoma is expected to get tackle Wanya Morris back for this game. Uh, I think Oklahoma is by far the best offense Nebraska has seen so far, and even offenses that I don't necessarily think are that good in Northwestern and Georgia Southern have dropped mid 30s to literally the 40s on the Cornhuskers. Uh, I think Oklahoma drops a 50-burger in Lincoln. I think this defense is just not going to get better. I don't think it's a motivational issue. I think Shenander for North, for Nebraska is a hell, of a, a hell of a coordinator. We praised this guy a lot last year. They don't have players. I don't think they can keep up. I think this is a game that Venables lets the offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy, just cook tempo-wise. And so, I, Danny, I agree with your look at over. Um, but to me, I think Oklahoma's safeties on the back end, Billy Bowman especially, are really pretty good. I think they will limit Nebraska's explosive plays, get some wins in the red zone, and I I, I think they win this thing by 20-plus in Lincoln. I, I don't think Nebraska's going to play all that well. Bad vibes. Don't want any part of it. Just all right. Could, could go either way, but I just – I'm – I'm uh, I'm looking at this game and it's it it feels like a oh and I can get ten on that by the way yeah two spots yeah it it feels like a money line or alt line where I'm either going to like take Nebraska to win the game because if it's close I actually see Nebraska flipping that because um, <clears throat> Oklahoma in a close game is going to go into don't lose don't screw it up don't embarrass yourselves mentality and Oklahoma also I think could blow it open so heart. Hard pass uh, for me. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's see. Tom, where would you like to go? Uh, let's start with... Let's go with one of the bigger games of the weekend. Uh, Miami, Texas A&M. Texas A&M's offense sucks. We know it sucks, but talked a lot about how it sucks on Saturday. <laughs> talked about it again on Monday. Uh, I don't expect things are going to improve much. And the Miami offense, I think you guys talked about it yesterday in Sketch Week, like... 
it's put up really good numbers, but it's done so against Florida A&M and Southern Miss. So it's one of those situations where it's like you don't really know how good it truly is. This is far and away the best defense it will have faced to this point. I also think we've seen it just in the history of his coaching tenure at Oregon and big games. Mario Cristobal tends to play things close to the vest, tends to get tight. He wants to keep things slow. I like the under here between the Hurricanes and the Aggies. I, as far as I know, the best number is 44 and a half, but I would love a higher one. If you oh, 45, get, get us I, a 45 out there. I can't find a 45. <laughs> he, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent in on that one. If I wouldn't hate trying to jump on maybe a, maybe a Miami team total under two, you know, there's, there's definitely a lot of different ways to approach this, a lot of different ways to attack it. I wish 45 was out there, but I, as soon as this thing came out, I just, there, there's a lot of times where the notes that I make on Monday night, when I'm going through the entire slate and writing down my picks, the number moves the other way. I'm like the opposite of CLV. And then I just have to dig in on bad numbers that I already liked on Monday night. But this is one where immediately, as soon as it came out, where I think it was 45 or 45 and a half, I was like, ah, this thing's going to go under. So at 44 and a half, if that's the best thing we can get right now, this this one screams playing real tight. Both coaches playing real tight late into uh, a close and low scoring game. I saw uh, Latifah at the U.S. Open a lot. Give it to me. Yes. Yes. Same reason you guys give, but I'm also, I think this game has 24-17, like kind of all over it in favor of the Aggies. I think it's a big bounce back week for the Aggies. I am very curious to see how Miami physically stacks up in this game against Texas A&M. I think the worst thing that happened to Miami was that they did lose to App State. I think they'll be a little bit woken up. My goodness, if Jimbo loses this game, holy cow, there's already you know people looking up his buyouts and discovering that it's 85 million. Like, have fun with that. But I think Texas A&M gets back on track this week. So I'm going to lay the five as well with the Aggies as the under. A little two for one special. Te- Texas A&M might have to bench Haynes King to win this game. But if I see Haynes King get benched, I all of a sudden start to sweat. A lot yeah. more. <laughs> this, any, anything that could be mixing up what I know, because what I know of Texas A&M's offense as it has performed so far is fantastic uh, for the under. So let's. Oh, uh, oh no way. Oh yeah. Infinity. Play it. Is go- <laughs> <laughs> the, world, the world is about to feel something. They never show. To infinity and beyond. Let y'all know. If uh, if we know that we're gonna have an infinity coming up, by the way, we we should get the boy. I got does does he does he play with like a little Buzz Lightyear toy? Because I, I know Liam has one, and like I, I hear all these slogans all the time. Like we we should have the kids announce an infinity one day if uh, if they're home, uh, which he's not. He's at school, but. I'm sure Miss Walker would let him skip. All right, so I bet this at open 48 and a half. I missed the 49. If you guys got the 49, I hate you. Uh, but 48 and a half, and I make this number in the 30s. I think that uh, I actually wouldn't hate if Max Johnson plays this because I feel like he is more careful with the football. And to me, the way Methodical. we lose this, yeah, the way we lose this isn't both teams going off and suddenly figuring out how to score a lot of points. I think the way we lose this is turnovers, bad field position. That type of stuff, which Haynes King is prone to, but I, 
Anything over 44, I got to hit this. So, yeah, it, it, it's a bet for me. Mm. Mm. Love it. Love, love to see the infinity on the board. It's the first one, right, of the year? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and this game's probably ending as the instant reaction show is going on. <laughs> so, listen, our week will swing I'll probably on this. Be, I'll probably just be pulling back into the crib from the UCF FAU game, which kicks off at 730. You get to catch the second half, hopefully. Oh, what a great draw for you. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm, been better. Well, yeah, home front. Yeah. It yeah, would have yeah, been better if UCF was 2 0. It'd be a little more interesting, but the fact they lost. But yeah, right down yeah, the street. I'm, I'm, team, I'm, team Dan- I'm team Danny Sleep Hours. So yes, like, huge that's, win. that's what I'm going for with the huge, huge win right win. there. Um, all right. So we've that's one of the, the biggest games of the weekend. What about on the want to make sure that we before we hit the break, uh hit the SEC on CBS game of the week, Penn State's visit to the Plains to take on Auburn. That thing has just been sitting with Penn State as a three-point favorite on the road. Anybody getting in with a play on the Nittany Lions and the Tigers? Yeah, I got one. All right. Auburn team total under 23 all day. Okay. Uh, I mean, like, I think this all, again, just if you guys haven't watched the Monday show, the Sunday show, or the Saturday show, rather, any of our off-season content. I think Auburn has the worst receivers in the SEC, not named Vanderbilt. I think they have a terrible quarterback situation. They brought in Calzada to win that job because they did not like T.J. Finley. Calzada played poorly in camp, did not win the job. They do not have a serviceable quarterback. They lost Nick Brahms on the offensive line, their center. They felt really good preseason about their starting five. They did not like their depth. Guess what? They have to tap into their depth immediately. I think Penn State has a couple of really nice corners. You can play man coverage and blitz if they need to and be okay on the back end. And I don't think that Penn State is going to play a super risky offense because they won't need to to win the game. But uh, Auburn under 23 is my best look in this one. Earlier in the show, I talked about how my Colorado pick last week was far and away my worst pick because it was just based on principle. And we were throwing that one out. But just because I'm throwing one principle out does not mean I am no longer a man of principle. Auburn plus three. Yeah, let's SEC go. team at home in a non-conference game getting points. We saw it a few weeks ago when Florida was at home against the top 10 Utah Utes. Florida won the game. Penn State's not as good as Utah. Auburn, not as good as Florida. But at home in Jordan-Hare, if we go back and think of Penn State at Purdue to open the season, they covered. But they did not exactly look good. Sean Clifford, his... His knee is still bothering him. He does not have the same kind of mobility that has kind of been made him taking him from a jag to a jag plus throughout his career. And when he doesn't have that mobility, he's more of a jag. That offensive line was not great against Purdue's defensive front, which I don't think is very good. I think Auburn's defensive front is probably better. I think the Nittany Lions offense is going to struggle just as much in this game as the Auburn offense will. And I think in that environment, I got to take the Tigers at home getting the points. I'm not saying they're going to win. Like, I picked Florida on the money line that week thinking it was going to win. I don't know if that's going to be the case here. I just don't see this as a game where either one of these teams is going to be able to pull away from the other one. So, Auburn plus three. I mean, uh, in it, inexplicable results in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I just... I'm yeah I'm I'm kind of with you there. I, I nothing about the the numbers or the schemes or the way this stacks up suggests that the Tigers are on the level. And also Tom, you're like you're you're Mr. Auburn. 
Mm-hmm. This is that's true. This is you getting to back up your your preseason belief when everybody was ready to 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 set sail. I mean, I, I this game could go to Mexico, baby, and just just wait it out. Just let it get close. Let it get tight. Let things get. If they if they can control Singleton, who went off for a buck seventy nine on ten in two tutties on ten carries, then I I think that uh, I think Auburn's best chance is just have this thing close late, and that's uh, yeah. Are you locking Auburn, it up? Too? Auburn Auburn has got to have the best back in this game. Yes, Bigsby. Mm-hmm. If, if Bigsby is not clearly better than Singleton, and I'm not convinced he is, then Auburn Auburn's not winning it. Um, Chip, are you it, locking it up too? No. Sorry, man. My bad. No. Okay. I've just I've had I've had to talk about this game. Well, you've only lot. got you've only got one lock on the board. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm listen. It's what are you doing little, over there? Well, you, you joining us this week? Uh, we've just been talking about the big games, and so <laughs> we haven't really gone off and and stopped on these detours along the way. Um, I mean, I can just roll through uh, what two quick ones before we hit the break. Um, this one. No, we can, okay, do what you want. Sorry. All right. First of all. Uh, let's let's talk about what happens at the that meeting at midfield. I'm not a head coach. I've, I've never really been there, but I can certainly imagine what happens at that meeting at headfield. But between coaches, well, hey Shane, how's it going? Let's make sure nobody gets hurt today. All right, let's get out of here. Nice, quick three hour game. All right, okay, cool. Maybe good luck out there, gentlemen. Under Georgia, South Carolina, fifty five. We're going under. This is going to be a position where at the very beginning of the game. A South Carolina offensive line that has not been able to block anybody, it will be extremely clear that they are not going to be able to block, I don't know, one of the better defenses in the entire country. And as that starts to unfold, we will also see Georgia, you know, maybe not even not even worrying too much. Like I think Georgia puts up a couple scores early, but then we see the air get taken out of the ball. We see, you know, Kirby Smart and his staff put in a bunch of the backups. And there's so much respect, so much mutual respect between Kirby Smart and Shane Beamer that ultimately I think the clock just m- m- moves all through this second half. And we just see a crispy three-hour game, final score, something like 42-3. to three. You know, maybe a sad field goal so that Beamer can get the special team some work out there after a third string running back ends up putting the ball on the ground with a, in, in scoring territory for the Gamecocks. And so I, in much like we saw Kirby Smart and Will Muschamp play some gentlemanly games that were lower scoring, I think the same sort of principle applies here. Gentlemen's under in Georgia, South Carolina, we go under fifty-five. You know, you, you just said it. Like, do you think the final score could be forty-two to three? Yeah, that's why I'm going with the South Carolina team total under fourteen and a half because I was considering taking Georgia laying the points. It was twenty-four and a half last I checked. Just. Like the South Carolina offense, this is not what I've seen of it has not been very impressive. And I think going up against this Georgia defense, I don't think it's going to be like suddenly flipping the switch and looking good. I just don't think the Gamecocks are going to be able to score a ton of points here. But at least this way, I don't have to worry about maybe Georgia, you know, Stetson Bennett, the best quarterback in the country, uh, going off for four or five touchdowns against them and blowing the team, the, the game over or the under. So I'm just going to take South Carolina team total under 14 and a half. Anybody else in on this game? I got to use some discipline. I love where you're thinking. I I, I want to hop on with you, but I already got a bunch of plays, so I'm going to stay off of it. Uh, all right, uh, Tom. You I, mentioned- I'm a little worried though about this. Like the Rattler little- scrambling late touchdown makes me. That's what I would worry about. I mean, look. Part of this that scares me is intent, right? What is Shane Beamer's intent in this game? Is it to try to win the game? 
Because I don't think they can. South Carolina has a ton of defensive injuries. Kaba, the starting linebacker, is out. Strahan, the uh, the defensive end they got from Georgia State a couple years back, is out. They got four more guys who are kind of questionable, including Cam Smith, who's one of the best corners in the SEC. Mm-hmm. Like, if South Carolina's cool with just playing like a low scoring, please don't beat us by 40 type game, I think Kirby Smart would respond in kind because Georgia has not maybe run the ball quite as dominantly as you would have wanted them to. And so they'd be like, yeah, South Carolina, your run defense sucks, as we saw with Arkansas. We'll work on our run game today. We'll, we'll win by, you know, 24 and a nice, comfortable, low scoring victory. But if South Carolina comes out and spreads the field and, and tries to chuck it a lot, they don't have the defense to hold Georgia. Like Georgia will drop a 50 spot on them in this thing, which is that's the reason I'm not joining you guys. Cause I don't, I don't have the ability to, to judge Beamer's intent here. Like, is he trying not to get embarrassed? Which for, you know, like, he's a smart guy. Image management matters and he's very good at that. Or is he actually trying to win the game? Cause I don't think South Carolina can win the game, but we'll see if he does. Um, Tom, you mentioned the principle of a power five team catching all those points against a Mountain West team. The Colorado Buffaloes are a power five team in name only, and they are visiting a Minnesota team that under PJ Fleck, when given the opportunity, has been willing to run it up and hit the gas on you. We've got this thing under four touchdowns right now. I still got my 27 and a half available with the Golden Gophers. Uh, yeah, should be. Lay'em. This is so wow. one of the last opportunities to be able to get in on some of these teams where um, with the, the product on the field has not matched the power rating. The product on the field has not matched the preseason expectation. We look at the Big Ten West, which is all upside down. I do not think that Minnesota is without a doubt the best team, as some people might have suggested following the losses to Iowa and Wisconsin. But Minnesota is certainly a team that's good enough to be able to win this thing by 30. Uh, So I'll lay the big number with the Golden Gophers against Colorado, a team that plays in the Pac-12 but has been performing like a group of five program so far this year. I just want to point out, like, Tanner Morgan's back. Yeah. (laughs) Um, in, In As a freshman in 2018, you know, he averaged 9.2 yards per attempt in 2019, which is the year where they kind of just burst on the scene. Kirk, you know, Shiraka was the OC, had 30 touchdowns, seven interceptions. He averaged 10.2 yards attempt. Shiraka leaves, goes to Penn State at the time. In comes Sanford. Uh, Tanner immediately drops to seven and a half yards per attempt in 2020. 2021, that improves a little bit to 8.2 with 10 touchdowns and nine interceptions. Shiraka's back, 2022. He's only got one touchdown, but he's completing 73% of his passes for 12 and a half per attempt. I mean, they've, they, they are just rolling. They, they have not been tested yet, but I think that they've got that gear to be able to blow a team out. And I think that they flex that against the buffs as they prepare uh, to take on the big 10 and make a run at the big 10 West title. I, uh, I do have one in this game too. I know Go I got a lot. It. I got a lot this week. Sorry, I guess. Um, but maybe I, I'm not going to apologize for having a lot, but like I, it, maybe I'm <laughs> taking up too much of the spreadsheet. Cole, if you have to redo the, uh, the cool graphics you're making, I apologize. <laughs> I'm going first half team total under in this one. Again, we, 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 we took it against Minnesota like with New Mexico state. They didn't score. I'm not going to rule out the possibility that Colorado scores a field goal, but it's four and a half right now on, on DK. All right. I don't think you're getting two field goals. I don't think you're getting a touchdown. Joe Rossi's defense is legit. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, first half team total under four and a half with Colorado. I think shut out in the first half is very much within range. JT Stroud was five of 21 last week passing, and he was an upgrade over Brandon Lewis. That's terrible. Colorado's not good. 
No. Their offense in particular is not good. The defense, I think, might be okay, but if I was on that defense, I would want to quit like every game. Yeah. Because that offense is just hopeless. Coming up on the other side, we continue with our week three locks, including a look at USC in the late night slate and a very interesting Big Ten Pac 12 showdown in primetime. That and more next. Quick review of what we've got so far. Again, our first in lock infinity of the season with Miami, Texas A&M under 44 and a half. Tom is also on the under 57 and a half in Florida State, Louisville, Auburn plus three and South Carolina team total under 14 and a half. Uh, I'm also on the under 55 in Georgia, South Carolina and Minnesota minus 27 and a half. Danny also on that Florida State, Louisville under 57 and a half. Nebraska plus 10 and a half and the Nebraska Oklahoma over 66 and a half plus uh, Texas A&M minus five. But coming in with Wyoming team total first half under seven and a half. The Colorado first half team total under four and a half. Auburn full game team total under 23 and a lock fight with DK taking Oklahoma minus 10. Um, does anybody have a lock on Washington, Michigan State? I don't. Do I got one? Yeah, I'm gonna do no. it. I don't. I okay. don't. I, I'm gonna do it for like the purposes of like testing my own theory here with with risking a lock. Like this is a this is I'm putting a unit on the table just to to see what happens out here. Obviously, the fact that Michigan State has developed in a very very impressive pass rush is maybe a little bit concerning. Washington hasn't really been tested yet, but Michael Penix has looked very good, and Kalen DeBoer with Michael Penix has yielded good results before and seems to yield good results again. Now, Mel Tucker and his staff haven't uh, necessarily faced the Michael Penix, Indiana experience, but the older players on this team who are still there, they have that experience. That could be an edge for the Spartans. But ultimately, I think that this is a great opportunity to be able to jump on uh, a Washington team that has flipped so much of the... Um, they they flip so much of the energy, so much of the vibe. Like they just look like they are having so much more fun on offense. And with the transition from Jimmy Lake to Kalen DeBoer, they still have good players on the defensive side of the ball. And Michigan State wide receiver Jaden Reed, like arguably one of the most important players on this Spartans offense, is a little bit banged up. He could play, but he's certainly sore, uh, according to Mel Tucker. There is obviously the optics too. You've got the number 11 team in the polls that is a three and a half point underdog against an unranked team. What's going on here? What's going on here is that the Huskies are um, capable of winning this game and covering this game. A fantastic opportunity for DeBoer and this Washington program to show out. I know we are not using the divisions anymore, but I think this could be a continuation of more of our, you know, we had the Pac-12 as our upon further review on Monday. I think that this is a, a spot where Washington wins and we continue to look at that conference as being one of the more intriguing uh, conferences in the country, both for how many quality teams it seems to have, but also for sort of the upheaval from what our preseason expectations were. So I will take Washington, Michael Penix, uh, a Huskies offense that has some life, and a Michigan State pass defense that, while not dead ass last anymore, as Mel Tucker said, it's got good pass rush. But I think that that secondary might be able to uh, might be a little vulnerable. So, I we have not seen Washington play against a team to give us any certainty. But I do think that I can trust what has been changed and the roster that's in place 
and be able to uh, take the Huskies at home. The uh, One of the hosts on the first radio show that ever gave me a real shot like 15 years ago, uh, Miller Moulton, Miller's a pretty big uh, Michigan State guy. And he told me flat out, we suck. So I was like, why is this three and a half? He's like, dude, we're not good. I was like, okay, that's good to know. That, now, I will note, if you guys watch the – who did they play in the opening game? Was It, it wasn't an FCS. It was somebody Michigan, pretty bad. Michigan yeah, State it, it was, or uh, Washington? They play Eastern? It was no, Michigan Eastern State. or Western or Central, one of them. I think it was Western. Their starting safety and their nickelback both went down. I don't think those guys are back. And that was bad secondary last year. So this could be why this number is what it is, right? Like they don't think Michigan State can cover. Like cover receivers, not cover the spread, but also that. Yeah. Um, all right. What about, let's see, are there any other big games that we want to make sure we spotlight uh, before we start to get even further off the road? I got one. I mean, we're yeah, we just going to, why are we always cast aside the ACC? We got a big matchup. Big 12s come yeah. to town. We Texas definitely don't Tech. talk enough ACC on this show. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. 2 and 0, Texas Tech going to Raleigh. Take on Dave Dorn and Devin Leary who avoided absolute disaster at East Carolina week one. I was like, how the heck did I think Devin Leary is the best quarterback in the ACC after that game? What happened to this physical defense? Guess what else I forgot? College football doesn't have a preseason. You don't hit as much. Takes a little bit of time. Corrected those issues versus Charleston Southern. Devin Leary gets back on track. And Texas Tech coming off not one, but two pretty emotional games with a backup quarterback who showed that he might be a younger, more inexperienced quarterback through three picks this past weekend in the win against Houston. Go ahead and give me the Wolfpack laying 10. I think the, I think, I think NC state woke up. I think they're going to get back on track. I think they're going to be fine. Oh, that's listen here. This is where I've got to like maintain my own personal uh, integrity across the many platforms that I try to exhibit this multi-platform excellence because you catch me on Wednesday. I was out here on the early edge podcast discussing that what we have seen from NC state in terms of its conservative approach to offense is going to always leave that back door open. And that while Mississippi state only scored 24 points against this NC State team, Will Rogers was able to distribute the ball without a lot of disruption, pretty high completion percentage. But you catch me on Thursday on the Cover 3 Locks pod, which, listen, this is, this is when I'm trying to give you my best stuff. My guy Josh Goodson comes through with this. NC State is 7-2-1 and one against the spread in their last 10 as a home favorite of 10-plus points. Diamond Dave, good as a fave. This is a game where he needs to get the best out of the Wolfpack to get them poised with an October 1st trip to Clemson on deck. I was I made the pick for Texas Tech earlier in the week. I think that's not the right side. Danny, I like that side that you're going right there. I'm not going to lock it up for the integrity purposes, uh, but I will give you my full support. I think that with my most recent information, um, that's the Wolfpack are probably the right side. Are they, do they have, okay, no, they don't have a buy. I thought they might have a buy. They have UConn next. So they've got a buy. <laughs> yeah, yes. UConn's pretty bad. But I meant the I meant the days off carrot that a lot of coaches will dangle. Like in the bye week, they'll say, "Hey, if you win this game, we'll give you 
four days off, but if you lose, we're going to stick to our normal schedule and you only get one day to go home. Whatever it is, I thought that might have been a possibility. No, no, it's, and they're getting UConn after UConn has to play Michigan. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a that's going to be a beaten down uh, Huskies team right there that's going to be coming on into Raleigh. Uh, so I like that right there. Love the So nugget. the other thing is, like, they faced an air raid last year and it didn't go well, but it was also because they had some weird turnovers. But remember, they went to Mississippi State last year. Right. So this yeah, defense, saying. they ran the opening kickoff yeah. back and then like just sort of slipped behind. And a lot of that's really more on Mississippi State's defense. So we know Zach Arnett is a terrific defensive coordinator. The Bulldogs have a good defensive line. Like that was more about NC State's offense not being able to get anything going more than necessarily Mississippi State's air raid carving them up. Exactly. Um, all right. Let's see. What about I got to give a shout out to uh, my guy Jake Fetner from Sportsline. He 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 gave this uh, pick out, and I mean I'm just I'm tailing it because I think it's a phenomenal play. Uh, Georgia Tech team total under against Ole Miss, and the angle is that for all the discussion uh, or you know mentions that we have about the Ole Miss quarterback position, the Ole Miss defense is playing at a really really high level right now. Georgia Tech, not a trustworthy team in general. And this is a spot where of in the in that matchup, the one thing that you can trust the most is that this Rebels defense that's playing well is going to keep Jeff Sims in check. Georgia Tech will not score a lot. So you know, shout out to Jake. That's a that's I believe that's a, a sports line value play too. So as always, sign up for a sports line subscription. Um, but I, I'm gonna go ahead and lock that one up as well. Georgia Tech team total under against Ole Miss. Lock What's agreement all day. 23 and a half? 23 and a half? Right. Yeah, I've been looking for this all morning for <laughs> personal reasons too. Um, yeah, I like this quite a bit. The only real hesitation I have in betting these opponent team total unders against Ole Miss is that Lane Kiffin still plays correctly like by the fourth down book. And while it increases your win probability, it does increase the score in these games. Right? Like You have to artificially increase Ole Miss totals, I would say. It's probably a little carrot if you guys want to use that in the chat. Even so, I still don't think Georgia Tech is going to score more than three touchdowns in this game without crazy turnover luck, which got me last week with Kentucky. So whatever, it could happen. But under 23 and a half for me. And fire up the drill. We have a dentist pick in this game, too. Remember, we actually used to play a real drill. <laughs> Terrible for, for uh, people listening in the car. Yeah, it's the opposite right. of ASMR. Like it is, it actually triggers the worst experiences possible. One hundred percent. All right. So, what's the dentist say about this game? So, Dennis obviously is an old Miss alum. Um, shout out for the good dental advice I got when, uh, when 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 Liam smacked his face on the couch recently, saved me a trip to the dentist. Uh, he took under last night when he texted me. He took under sixty four, but best I see right now is sixty three. So we're, we're going to give him sixty three and uh, under sixty three in, in old Miss Georgia Tech. He, he thinks uh, Ole Miss defense is legit, and uh, they're, they're going to be able to shut down Georgia Tech. Dig it. Um, all right, so let's see. Tom, what you got? Uh, last week, <clears throat> I asked the people a simple question. I asked them a favor more than anything. I asked them to believe in Kansas. Kansas not only covered the spread against West Virginia, it went on the road and beat West Virginia. Well, the same problems I saw in that West Virginia defense that posed a problem for them against this Kansas offense exist again this week with Houston, a team whose rush defense is currently ranked 
let's see here, 117th nationally in success rates, 104th in explosive runs it's allowing. Meanwhile, Kansas has one of the most explosive offenses in the country. And yes, one of the first games of the season was against, I think it was uh, South Dakota State or somebody of that nature. And they did well against them. But they ranked 10th overall. Their explosive rush rate of 16.7% ranked 6th. And it's in line with the improvements that I saw from Kansas in the second half of last year. It's in line with what we saw from Buffalo the last few years there with Jarrett Patterson under Lance Leipold and that offense there. Kansas is just transitioning into a much better team than you typically think it is. And again, the market has not really caught on. This is a Houston team that has struggled in both of its games to get by UTSA and then last week losing in overtime to Texas Tech. It might not be one of the best teams in the group of five after all, or even if it is, I don't think it's this much better than Kansas. So give me the Jayhawks plus nine and a half. Believe in Kansas. I like that a lot. I've also been sniffing around this over. Seems a little low, but uh, no, no strong lock or that's just more of a lean right now at this point. Any anyone else getting in on Kansas? I, I like see, it. I can see y'all's plays. I, I it's too much for me, but I I, I see what you're doing. All right. Believe. So, the, I my mind was blown when I saw the live chat arbitraging lines. And and Bud has done Are a they lot. Really? To, no, they're, I mean they're like, live arbing us. No, this was like la- last year. We it started okay. popping off in the chat, and you pointed it out, and I was like, "What is that?" And you had to explain it to me live on the show. I I blew my mind that you would place two bets just to be able to win a little bit of money and do it time and time again. That it fundamentally is not why I get in this kind of operation because I really am in this for recreation. What I'm saying is I am not smart money. Okay. Yeah, but you are the leader in ROI if you combine your sprinkles and your ATS picks this year. Like you are literally your 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 R is for return so Listen, far. You're our guru. Yeah. The, yeah. The chip chipolytics, the vibes, the, it would be hilarious. These these this is all heart, baby. This is this is not a lot of head. This is not a lot of modeling. Because smart money would try to fade out of the Vanderbilt team total over as Vanderbilt finds itself as a two and a half point underdog at Northern Illinois. But you know what? I ain't smart money. We back our doors. We double down. We double anchor down and we take Vanderbilt plus the two and a half because the over cashes on Saturday at Northern Illinois. Vanderbilt gets the win. Our win total cashes three wins by the end of September as it was foretold. Let's go over by October. That's right. I love it. Um, I'm not locking this up with you, but I am going Vandy alt line on this. What? Yeah, I think there's some chance they blow them out. Sick. Oh, man, that would make me so happy. My variance for this game, like I'm looking at my spreadsheet right here, is very wide. I think there's a, like, yeah. You could tell me one team won by 20 or the other team won by 20, and it would not totally shock me. Carter Blackburn and Randy Cross on the call. Right there on uh, the Mothership CBS Sports Network in the 330 slot. Get your screens out. You're going to need them as you're watching Vanderbilt cash that win total for us. Listen, I've been asked all week, you know, hey, we're so close. Do we hedge it out here? Do we hedge it out here? No, not when it's a play like this. Not when it's this emotional. You don't hedge it out. Let's go. Uh, all right. What? I think I've got one left. Yeah. I got one more left. Maybe bang it out. I have a lot. It's got a couple. Uh, Meep, meep. Anyone? 
The Roadrunners. Jeff Trailer. Back-to-back overtime games. One, he loses. One, he wins. Could it be three in a row overtime games, which would put it inside the number? Give me the 12 and a half with the dog. Texas, I, I, this is the, the sketchiest of sketchiest games for mm-hmm. me. Texas, what are we getting? Like, is this about you guys being back? Because if they are, they'll boat race UTS, UTSA. They should. They should. But I'm not so certain yet that exactly what Texas is. Not to mention Hudson Card. What's his health? Are you? Is he going? Is he going to be fine? Are you probably? I think what you're going to see is a healthy dose of Bijan Robinson trying to establish that line. I think they just want to win and get out of Dodge. I don't know if they're going to blow him out. Frank Harris running around, running all over that Texas defense, which was phenomenal against Alabama. Let's see how they do against this offense. I think this has backdoor cover written all over it. This is going to be UTSA Super Bowl, who, by the way, has the toughest three-game stretch to start the season, maybe of anybody in the country. It is brutal. They've come out one and one. Give me the Roadrunners and the 12 and a half. Let me – I know you got a split here, so let me give this to you real quick. It's the University of Texas, right? I doubt every one of my players came in to play for me over Sark. They all know they were overlooked. Everybody in the state knows they probably would have gone there, but they didn't want them. It's a tremendous motivating factor for people. And when you know you're not wanted, you get the opportunity to go play that team. Bam. Jeff Trailer, high school, Texas football, high school coach. Let's go. Let's get him ready to go. Are you going to fight him, bud? No, I, I have no. It's not a big enough. Like I, I try to put my best stuff here on the show. Like I, I do have a small position on Texas, but I'm not fighting it. Okay, I, you had me clapping like a seal because I thought we were about to have another lock fight on here, especially for a game uh, involving teams right there in the Big Twelve. But uh, that is, I, I mean, UTSA is 100 percent the the vibes play without a doubt. Uh, USC Fresno, anybody jumping in on it? I have inklings. I'm not locking anything up. Tremendous live betting opportunity in this game. Like, what is yeah. the tremendous? Will you explain it? Well, I just feel like it's going to ping pong around a lot of points, and, and you'll, you'll you'll be able to get kind of what numbers you want to get. Mm. Speaking of a lot of points, who wants to who wants to buckle up with Maryland and SMU? I do, Over- I do want to actually. What? Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, before we get into that, I do want to bring up one stat about USC because it's it's a theme on this show that I've brought up many years. I didn't have a chance to bring it up earlier this week. 2020, we talked about Indiana's turnover luck. Do you know what USC's points off turnover margin is through two games? 35? 52. They have they they have a turnover margin of plus eight after two games. They have scored fifty two points off of those eight turnovers. They have not turned the ball over yet. Uh, USC has looked very good offensively. It's also gotten pretty damn lucky in a lot of areas. Just something to keep in mind. Maryland SMU over seventy three and a half. Yeah, agreement. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and this is another one where it opened at 69 and a half. And so we've already crossed a couple of key numbers. And I mm, I still I still am going to ride with this one because the makeup of both these teams is going to allow them to fit easily into a style of game where we're just going to see it fly up and down the field. Um, I don't 
I, I don't know. Do you have a you have a specific angle here? Yeah, yeah. My angle is that Maryland has a tremendous receiving core, and I think SMU's offense is really good. Also, I don't know if you guys saw this or not, but uh, Maryland's corner who had the freak like weightlifting injury, who's a starter, and Maryland's secondary is already bad. He won't return until the Michigan game, which is next week for them. So, yeah. Points! I, I think the winner of this game scores 45 points. Yeah. Love that. Um, I think uh, I think I'm out. Anybody, you, anybody else got any more locks before we get to uh, the big cash register? I've got two. I've got right. two. Let Tom go, and then I'll dump. I, I, I got a couple. All right, uh, this one, we I was not allowed to talk about the Illinois-Virginia game on Saturday night. Bud banned me from speaking of it because he didn't want people to understand how bad Virginia actually is because he was worried that the market would catch on. And it has in that I got it when it opened at Old Dominion plus 10.5. It is currently the best number I can get is 8.5 as far as I could tell. And I'm still going to take it for because I think it's a good number-ish, not as good as 10.5, but also principle um you might remember from the week zero game when old dominion beat virginia tech on the sidelines there's an adorable little yellow lab named hudson who's wearing doggy crocs hudson is a service dog in training hudson is a mascot for the monarchs and hudson is not allowed on the sidelines at scott stadium for Virginia. They are not letting the dog come. I am officially making the announcement that the Who's are no longer my Who's. Uh, they became my Who's when they hired Bronco Mendenhall because I loved Bronco's BYU teams. I adopted them. But this move, sorry, I'm out. I will not abide it. Give me Old Dominion plus eight and a half. I hope they beat you and I hope you suffer the consequences from hurting that little dog's feelings. I will give you nine and a half. Nice. I will take it. Yeah. What's, right, what's, the, uh, what's the other one you got, Tom? Uh, my second one is just, I mean, <laughs> uh, Iowa, Nevada under 39. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> Unders Nevada's in the 30s off- to get dirty. <laughs> yeah. Like this is just, I don't think I was off. Like, I think Iowa's offense is going to be better this week against Nevada because Nevada's defense stinks. So this is going to be the week. I think that Iowa cracks 20 points. The problem is Nevada's offense is just as bad as Iowa's, but they've got to face the Iowa defense. So I don't really like the value on the team totals, though. So for me, I feel like this is like a 27 to three game. So give me the under 39 in Iowa, Nevada. I really want Nevada team total under first half, but a, like, if there's ever a team that can botch this because they turned it over in their own end, it's this Iowa team. And B, yes. the books are not putting this up because I think it's just obvious that, like, even if you put half, I'm going to bet under at, like, minus 150 or better. I think shut out pretty good here. I laid 20 at open. 23 is a little rich for my blood. I see where you're going with this. I just wonder, like, they could score 40 on, on Nevada by themselves. Mm-hmm. But they weren't word they're Iowa. 55. <laughs> yeah. Nighttime at Kinnick Stadium. All right, Bud, what are your last two? Uh, no, I've got more than two. Let's go. Uh, oh, let's go. I got three sickos and a couple first half shots. This all is right. uh, Jordan. I'll, I'll, I'll paste go. all these in the chat for you. All right. All right, sickos. Jordan Southern over 21 and a half. Uh, I think this offense is for real. That's team total. Buffalo over 22. I think Buffalo is going to be able to score a little bit on Coastal Carolina. La Tech over nine and a half in Clemson. Clemson does have the look ahead here to Wake Forest. So over nine and a half team total. Last team total for me, 
Cal under 14. Uh, Notre Dame's defense is still really good, and I think Cal's offense is dreadful. All right, so in keeping with that whole look-ahead situation type thing, first I want the first half, not the whole thing. I have three. Cincinnati minus 13, quote-unquote, at Miami, Ohio. It's actually a neutral site game. Remember to adjust your power ratings by whatever you use your home field for because they're playing this in Paul Brown Stadium. Washington State minus 9.5, hosting Colorado State. Uh, MTSU sacked Colorado State nine times last week. I actually like Washington State's defensive line. However, they have the look ahead to Oregon, so I'm not going to play the full game. I'm playing that minus 9.5. Ohio State minus 20 over Toledo. Uh, they get both receivers back this week. I still think the defense is quite good, and I think Ryan Day at some point wants to have an impressive first half throwing the football. They do have an overlook to or look ahead, rather, to Wisconsin next week. So that's why I'm playing the first half there. So minus 20. And my last one, I'm just fading Bowling Green here. And I think Marshall, despite the fact they were a little inflated last week because of turnovers, is a pretty decent team and is much more athletic than Bowling Green. So I will lay the 16.5 points on the road at Bowling Green with Marshall and hope that they don't have the letdown game. And that's that's my full card for this week. All right, before we get to uh, Moneyline Sprinkles, a not so brief review of the, the game. Sorry, <laughs> Tom is on. Oh, first of all, lock infinity across the board on Miami, Texas A&M under 44 and a half. Tom's also got the under 57 and a half in Florida State Louisville. That is a lock agreement with Danny uh, Auburn plus three against Penn State, South Carolina team total under 14 and a half against Georgia, Kansas plus nine and a half against Houston, Old Dominion plus nine and a half against UVA, Iowa, Nevada under 39. Uh, I've got also in addition to Miami a and I've got the Georgia, South Carolina under 55. I've got Minnesota minus 27 and a half against Colorado, Washington minus three and a half against Michigan State. The Georgia Tech team total under 23 and a half. Vandy plus two and a half against Northern Illinois. Maryland SMU over 73 and a half. Danny also has the Florida State Louisville under 57 and a half. Nebraska plus 10 and a half. The Nebraska Oklahoma over 66 and a half. Texas A&M minus five. NC State minus 10. And UTSA plus 12 and a half. Bud has, in addition to Miami A&M under, the Wyoming team total First half under seven and a half. Oklahoma minus 10. That's a lock fight with Danny. The Auburn team total under 23. The Georgia Tech team total under 23 and a half. The Colorado first half team total under four and a half. Maryland SMU over 73 and a half. The Georgia Southern team total over 21 and a half. The Buffalo team total over 22. The Louisiana Tech team total over nine and a half. The Cal team total under 14. Cincinnati minus 13 in the first half. Washington State minus nine and a half in the first half. Ohio State minus 20 in the first half. And Marshall minus 16 and a half. That brings us to the big cash register as we take a look at our money line sprinkles uh so far we have uh i'm two and three on money line sprinkles tom's three and five danny's two and six bud is one and seven last week we saw um tom cash iowa state plus 155 took losses for bc houston and baylor uh, i took losses with arizona and stanford Danny with three losses with uh, Navy, Army, and Pitt, and Bud with one win with Duke plus 305, and then losses on Eastern Michigan and Baylor. So, Bud, what is your money line sprinkle for this week? Or Yeah, so I am starting with Old Dominion plus 280. Very similar to Tom's pick. Yeah. 
I mean, like, I, we don't really like do like full, like, you know, the lock agreement infinities. Like if everybody, if you're in on it, you're in on it. But old dominion was a hundred percent going to be selected here. This is, this is a Virginia team. We're trying to get on the other side of an ODU program that already beat Virginia tech this year. Like this, they, they can win that game. And I didn't even know about the dog. Yeah. Uh, the dog puts it justice the for Hudson. Justice for Hudson. <laughs> Vandy plus one twenty two. Obviously, if you're gonna all line there, you got it. Oh, 125. I'll take that. There we go. Agreement. There's on one more I'm Danny's sitting on. on that. Oh, Dan- wait. So Tom and Danny. Oh. Maybe Unity. I mean, should we just do infinity on infinity, <laughs> Vandy, well, Vandy money line? I, I, we don't, we, we can't overuse these things, but we're, we're all on Vandy. That's just sort of like a principle from the heart. Vandy money yeah. line. We're, we're all going to be on it. We'll just go get it. Just, doors. just keep hitting. Just keep hitting that over and over and over again. All right. Um, and then Tom, what else do you have? Uh, my two sprinkles are the first one. I'm taking North Texas plus 125. I just think that there's a decent chance they win this week. Uh, and then finally, I'm going to look up real quick because this is a direct message I got. I was taking this anyway, but this is just a – this is from Jonathan Foster who DM'd this to me. I am taking Texas A&M plus – or Miami plus 180 against Texas A&M because it was pointed out to me via Reddit from Jonathan Foster on DM. Uh, the newest iOS update on your iPhone should sort them out because if you look up the history of iOS updates against A&M's next performance, things have not gone well for Texas A&M. <laughs> uh, the game immediately following a new iOS version, Jimbo has lost. 2020 is the only outlier due to COVID games that didn't start until September 26th and iOS 14 was released on the 16th. In 2018, iOS 12 came out. A&M lost to Alabama. In 2019, iOS 13 came out. AM lost to Auburn. 2020, we mentioned they beat Vandy, but that was not the week afterwards because the season started at a different time. Uh, 2021, iOS 15, the week after, AM lost to Arkansas. iOS 16 came out this week. They play Miami this week. Miami plus 180. I'm. I'm going to get roasted for this, but wouldn't you sort of peg Texas AM as more of the Android? Type users. Also, do you think Jimbo Fisher knows how to use a cell phone? Because I'm pretty sure he was one of those, like, I don't use email guys back in the day. Sliced bread would suggest that he is not exactly uh, popping on the blogosphere, for sure. Um, but that's incredible. The iOS principle for fading Jimbo Fisher's Texas A&M Aggies. I think he might be one of those guys that has the Android note and actually uses the pen with it. <laughs> Um, oh, Danny is also on Western Michigan against Pitt. We got that <laughs> three to one. Um, I mean, that, 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 that would, happens again. That would. Uh, be, I'll give like, you a number, Jordan. Um, I'm three uh, three eighteenth best I see. Yep. Okay, so is that are we are we good? We're all out. Those are all mine. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to sneak in one last Nebraska one? No, God, no. I mean, that'd be something. If, if they won, in worse shape than my basement. If they won a one-score game right after firing Scott Frost against Oklahoma, that'd be something. I don't know if it'd be hilarious, but it'd be something. We'll see. Okay, 
for a second, I thought that Tom, in addition to blowing his back out and like, you know, having his basement flood, went and got gauges in his ears, but he finally turned to the side enough where I could tell that he's actually just wearing just wearing the long black AirPods. Okay. Yeah. Or, or the head. It's like, did you go? That would be incredible. That was, yeah. It was, it was, I've had such a bad week that I decided to have giant holes put in my head just to cope. So we're, we're taking it back to 1999 when we were our most emotional. And so oh, going with big gauges, let's go. Jordan says he'll lock up Nebraska, but I don't think he counts. But Jordan, the best number I can get you three thirty five. Yeah. At home, Jordan, I'll, Jordan, I'll, I'll give you three thirty five on Nebraska in, in the text thread. Three thirty five. <laughs> All right. Just keep your eye. I mean, of course, you're going to have your eye on it. It's Oklahoma at Nebraska. The game's going to last four and a half hours. Probably going to be decided by one score. We'll see. Should be a lot of fun. And reminder: Saturday night. The uh, instant reaction to everything that happened during week three, probably our live commentary on Texas A&M duck hooking a game-tying field goal attempt against Miami will all be happening on the instant reaction show. Make sure you're subscribed to the Cover 3 podcast on YouTube. Smash the bell for notifications. Follow us on Twitter so that you can get alerts when we're about to go live. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Fernell. You can follow him at BloodElliot3. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you.